1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from
2: big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
0: this episode of travel today with peter greenberg is brought to you by audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from Natchez, Mississippi, population about 16,000. Taking your calls at 888-887-3837. That's 888-88-PETER. If you can't get through on the phones, you know the drill. You email me to Peter at PeterGreenberg.com with your name, phone number, question or problem. We will solve it right here on the air. Uh, and I'm joined as my first guest today. By the Honorable Mayor of Natchez, and and I think this is a typo in your biography, but you're an eighth generation?
2: Correct. I am an eighth generation Natchezian.
0: Will you please explain that, Mr. Mayor? Oh, (laughs) by the way, Daryl Grinnell, I should say.
2: (laughs) Yes. um, Hi, Peter. I am an eighth generation. Uh, My family uh, lineage go back many uh, generations here in Natchez. Um, When you look at both sides of my family, uh, we have uh, part of our lineage... Is a slave component. Uh, there were four far- fathers of mine that were slaves here in Natchez. Yes,
0: and they go back to where? Uh,
2: we believe uh, to Guinea. Um, wow. To be part not not of Liberia. That. No, not Liberia. Oh,
0: okay, no. amazing. So if I say you're local, I couldn't be closer to the
2: truth. Oh, I am a <laughs> I am a local Natchezian. Correct.
0: So, what's amazing about this city? to me, first of all, about the preservation that you have here. I mean, probably the largest preservation of antebellum homes
2: ever. Well, yeah, we have more antebellum structures than any other city in the entire United States.
0: And it's amazing when you think of the history of the United States that they were able, that you, they weren't destroyed. You were able to preserve them and you continue to preserve them.
2: Correct. Uh, We have continuous preservation projects that take place here in Natchez. And, um, you know, there are some for example, antebellum structures throughout Natchez that uh, are potential to the point where they're deteriorating, and we're on a mission to get those uh, places restored, get the restoration complete.
0: Now, we just had an election in in our country, in your country. Uh, You were just elected in June, and if I remember correctly, this is interesting, 91% of the vote?
2: Actually, uh, it's not a brag. It was 93%. Okay, stop. Just stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) <laughs> that is a brag.
0: <laughs> wow. Did anybody run against you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mandate, sir. Yes, sir. A mandate to do what?
2: Uh, a mandate to take Natchez to the next level. I uh, Natchez is considered to be one of the best-kept secrets in the country. When I would go to D.C. and meet with, during that time, Majority Leader Trent Lott, He would say to me, Daryl, Natchez is the best-kept secret in the country. Well, doing my watch as mayor, no more. We want the world to know about Natchez. We want people to come to Natchez, visit Natchez. And those who want to choose Natchez as a home, they're welcome to come here because it's the perfect retirement community. We are uh, a community that's open to future industry, future retail stores. So... Um, it's my mission to take Natchez to the level in terms of economic prosperity. At one time, Natchez had more millionaires than any other city in the country. And that's not per capita, more millionaires than any other city. Well, what, what happened? Well, actually, what happened uh, was basically uh, cotton was king during that time. And you had f- free labor, which were slaves. So we're talking about, you know, during the antebellum period. Right. So we want to take Natchez. To the level where we actually will reach a point of prosperity again, you know, uh, to a new level uh, from a different angle. Yes.
0: But if I were if I were going to define Natchez um, for people who've never been here before, I mean, one of the things I would say to them is it really is the definition, if you will, of the New South um, in terms of openness, in terms of diversity, in terms of of um, in terms of uh, individual freedoms which you you might not otherwise expect in Mississippi.
2: Correct. Natchez is probably the most diverse city in the state of Mississippi and in the South. I mean, we cover everything, not just the antebellum structures and grandeur, but we have a rich civil rights history here in Natchez. You know, uh, we have a, a music history here in Natchez. We have a food history here in Natchez. Uh, and when you look at the people, we have great people that are diverse, you know, from old to young, gay, straight, right. you know, male, female, et cetera. I mean, we are an extremely diverse community.
0: And that leads me to the, the word that starts with T, tolerance. In, in the rest of our country right now, sadly, we have a deficiency of tolerance. Um, I don't find that in Natchez.
2: Right. Natchez is a wonderful place. We have uh, good quality of life here.
0: All right. So then, what's your biggest challenge?
2: Uh, My biggest challenge is, in terms, is the economy to try to grow jobs for Natchez. Uh, We had several industry over the past 15 years to to close that were major uh, employers for our citizens. We had International Paper Company. We had Johns Manville. We had a tire plant. Uh, We had even a wholesome bakery here. Did you work for any of them? I did not. I actually, I'm (laughs) a retired professor. From a local university, Alcorn State University.
0: Alcorn State, I know that. Yeah, right. yes. basketball. A little basketball. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of basketball, but you got basketball.
2: <laughs> we have basketball. Yeah. We have uh, football.
0: I know uh, you have basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, call it what it is. But bottom line is, that's your challenge. It's the economy.
2: Exactly. That's uh, one of my biggest challenges.
0: And to what extent uh, this may be the obvious question of the day: Does travel and tourism drive that?
2: Well, you know, tourism is actually an industry in itself, and um, that's one of the things that we're, we're trying to grow here from Natchez. Yeah, we have um, a great influx of tourists that come every year, but I want my streets of Natchez to be packed every day with tourists to see what we have to offer, which, of course, will have a domino effect in terms of our retail businesses. And collectively, when you look at downtown Natchez, it's an industry collectively So we wanna grow that particular industry file community.
0: And then there's barbecue. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't go there, I can't go there. But Mr. Mayor, the bottom line is, if people are looking for a destination in Mississippi that they otherwise might not have even thought about, I mean, Natchez is, is, to me, it's a great choice just because of all those reasons of of tolerance and diversity and opportunity.
2: Correct, and then of course, the aesthetics that we have, the beauty. We actually have the best views of the Mississippi River than any other city on the river.
3: Toto, I
0: have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Every time I travel anywhere, I'm always reminded about how much, especially in the centennial year of the National Park Service, how much we don't know about the parks in our backyard, let alone anywhere else in the country. And there are a few hundred of them, as a matter of fact. If you actually add parks and monuments and and marine preserves, it's, it's amazing. And there's one right here in Natchez. It's the Natchez Historical Park. And the superintendent is Kathleen Bond. How are you, Kathleen?
3: Hi, Peter. Welcome to Natchez.
0: Well, thanks. I mean, you heard my introduction. How many people come to Natchez and don't even know you've got a park here?
3: Well, Natchez has been known for a long time for tourism and old houses, but a lot of people don't realize that there's actually a national park right here in downtown Natchez. And what makes it special? Well, what makes Natchez special is that it has a long history going all the way back to the Natchez Indians. And what in makes fact the
0: original pronunciation? Natche.
3: Natche. Natche. Yeah. That's right. Um, the national park here in Natchez recognizes the uh, national significance of all that history, and we have sites here in Natchez that reflect all those different periods, from the colonial period where the French built a fort on the bluff at Fort Rosalie, to the Annabella Mansion at Natchez where you had a planter class and an enslaved class living side by side, and also the William Johnson House, which were free people of color. There are wonderful untold stories in this national park.
0: Well, the other thing that I think is so special about Natchez, and you can't always say that about other cities of its size or its history, is you don't have to recreate it, it's still here.
3: It's still here. This is the most intact antebellum town in the country.
0: I mean, truly, the houses, everything.
3: All you have to do is walk down the street. It's nothing that had to be rebuilt.
0: This is you. Know, it, it, this reminds me of a story. I, I have to share it with you because it got me so angry. I was in Las Vegas, and I was over at the Venetian Hotel, mm. and there was a guy there. Uh, he should not have been wearing shorts, but let's. You, you can get the picture, with his girlfriend, who should not have been wearing cutoffs, and he had his arm around her underneath that faux bridge of size.
3: Mm. And he
0: looked at her. And he says, "Baby, let me tell you something. I've been to Venice. This is better." <laughs> <laughs> I went. Excuse me. Wake up call. <laughs> Uh, you don't have that problem here in natchez
3: no we have a lot of integrity here in natchez
0: explain how you preserve it though
3: well it is a challenge and the primary preservation strategy has been based on tourism and so we maintain our historic structure to the town by inviting people to come in and enjoy it alongside of us
0: and people need to understand that there are people here who well so much of, i'll put it this way there's so much of travel is lost because of bad storytelling, or the mm. lack of, or the lack of storytelling, and so much of travel is, um, is you know, and then and then the problem is people don't have any perspective, they don't have any idea, they right. can't they can't they can't add context to it, and for me, what I've noticed in Natchez all these years, and I've been coming for a while, is that the people here like to tell stories.
3: They do. And you know, we have so many different historic attractions here in Natchez that we can tell all kinds of different stories in different ways. We have houses that are bed and (laughs) breakfast. You you can
0: make them up. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, if
3: you take a carriage driver. But we have places where people can stay, places where people can eat, places that are dedicated museums where you really can trust that you're getting an academically vetted historical story there. And that's kind of where the National Park fits in. Because we are owned by the entire American people. Everyone is welcome to come visit their houses here at natchez
0: and you're a storyteller as well
3: i am i'm from the area
0: (laughs) you can't help yourself no i can't but you know the other thing that 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 always interests me about natchez versus other cities in the south Mm -hmm. is that sometimes there's this timeline that cuts off in those other cities oh this is after the pre the civil war and there's nothing before the civil war you have stuff here from before the civil war
3: We absolutely do. Our stuff does go all the way back to the colonial times, and the stories here continue right on up through the civil rights movement of the late 20th century. And established by the French. Established by the French, and then they were soon succeeded by the English, and then the Spanish, and then the Americans.
0: But the French influence is still very much here.
3: Oh, well, we're very closely tied to New Orleans, and we keep it alive with that connection.
0: You know, it's, it's funny. We did a piece on CBS last year in April, and I called it April in Paris. And what it was, it's all the places in America you go in April that were named Paris. Right. And in almost every case, they were paying homage to Lafayette. There you go. If you
3: are
4: continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information.
5: If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a
0: passenger. My next guest, I'm honored to have him on the show. He's not just a New York Times bestselling author. He's a New York Times best-selling books author. How
5: many? Come on. 16, next one will be 16. Bragg, bragger. Greg
0: I'm, Isles. <laughs> and the next one's called Mississippi Blood, how perfect. But you were a State Department brat. Uh, well,
5: my dad was a military physician. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. you were
0: born outside this country. Yeah, Germany. Right. That would qualify, yeah. and then But you came back to Natchez.
5: Yeah, I was four years old. But, uh, you know, it gave me a unique insight growing up because my parents, unlike a lot of Southerners, knew a lot about the Holocaust and uh, what had happened in Germany. And that kind of gave me a unique insight on the events of the 60s in the South.
0: So the name's Rudolf Hess and a few other guys ring a bell?
5: Familiar. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: a little bit familiar. <laughs> Checkpoint Charlie, perhaps?
5: Oh, yeah yeah
0: have you been back since the wall came down
5: sure yeah when i was doing my first novel i went over there for research and worked with the police and did some things and uh it was a great trip for my dad though going back to where he'd served emotional yeah a lot very much so
0: but emotional for you to come back to natchez too
5: uh no no it's natchez is so much home that uh it's even if i'm away it's never out of my head you know why well because it's such a unique place that gets said a lot. Um, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's not because most of the Mississippi is very um, it's what people imagine out in the in the coastal areas. You know, you could you could characterize it as backward, politically, ultra conservative, right wing. And keep, keep keep going. Natchez. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I know you love that. But no, Natchez has always been a counterweight to that because Natchez, uh, you know, Natchez was, as you've been told, I'm sure, the wealthiest city in 1850 and more millionaires here than anywhere in New York and Philadelphia. But what that led to was children who were educated at Harvard and Yale, who went to the royal courts and of Europe, came back. and then came back. And so you have to think, it's hard, but you have to think of Natchez, Mississippi, as a sort of Silicon Valley of 1850, where they were developing new strains of cotton and becoming immensely wealthy, and that, that made Natchez a place where a certain liberality it came to exist that's why we surrendered in the civil war and we had union sympathizers completely different than you, mississippi you
0: were a sanctuary city before anybody else
5: absolutely there you when go. when you think about it right all those people running from britain <laughs>
0: <laughs> now i got to ask this question because i've actually seen you guys perform the rock bottom remaining.:
5: i hope you were drunk peter
0: <laughs> i was i was accepting
5: mildly buzzed i was
0: i was accepting i was tolerant i got gotcha. you no, at the old you know every year at the book fair, you know, right? you oh, guys, yeah, you guys would be performing.
5: ABA, you Who, got okay, it.
0: Okay, who's in the group? Come on!
5: Oh my God, Stephen, Stephen King, King, Amy Tan, Dave Barry's the leader now. Of course, Scott Trowe. Ridley Pearson. Roger McGuinn from the Birds plays almost every show with us, which is just the greatest kick.
0: Because you know why? He's actually a musician.
5: There you go. There you go. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. I mean, the most fun for me was ever playing an outdoor show at UCLA okay. with thousands. I'm on the same mic with Roger McGuinn singing Eight Miles High and Turn, Turn, oh, Turn. turn. I'm like, shoot That's me it. now. That's this is it. better than being a can't, New York Times bestseller. Can't, can't get better than that. There you go. No, you can't. No.
0: I was just in Tennessee doing a special with Dolly Parton, and we actually sang a duet together. Oh, my God. But you know what she said when we finished? What? You ain't no singer. <laughs> what did you sing? <laughs> Will the circle be unbroken? Oh, yeah, gotcha. You know, yeah, public domain. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a clearance issue there with, with, with rights, but we got it,
5: yeah. I gotcha.
0: How many of your books are actually set in Natchez?
5: I thought about that this morning, uh, about a dozen out of 16, you know. So once I left the World War II milieu, which I began in because of my knowledge from my parents, but also because I knew you had to sell books to have a career. But as soon as I could, I turned to the south, first Mississippi and then Natchez. And like I say, when you live in a place like Natchez, you don't have to make anything up. You know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy here.
0: Well, not only that, you can't make everything up because everybody knows everybody.
5: Well, that's right. That's another, you know, it's a blood sport here to try to figure out who my characters are based on. And uh, that can be fun. It's a little scary, too.
0: But they still let you live here.
5: Yes, they do. You know, as a friend of mine says in Natchez, they'll forgive you for everything except going bankrupt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, the way I look at it, the best part of telling the truth is you don't have to remember the story. There you go. See, so you, you, you walk that line.
5: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, you know, here's a typical experience. I once based, the guy's dead now, so I can say this. I once based one of my worst. That's the
0: name of a great book. What? The guy's dead now, so I can say this. That's the title right there.
5: Well, one of my worst characters was based on a judge here who became a Mississippi Supreme Court justice. And I was so worried the guy would sue me that it would be too obvious. And I found out a month after the book came out, he was going around the state bragging that the character was (laughs) based on him. That gives you an idea of how it works. You know what?
0: That does not surprise me at all. Very much like Louisiana, too.
5: Very much so. Remember the governor? Absolutely. Edwin Edwards, oh baby. Oh, my
0: God. When they taught the gambling, he said, of course. Airplanes
5: <laughs> and briefcases full of cash.
0: <laughs> you can't make that up. Uh-uh. See? that's And that's nonfiction.
5: That's right. It's hard to top that in fiction, actually, when you're from the South. But I try.
0: What's the, the most surprising thing to you about Natchez?
5: Well, the most surprising... Nothing is very surprising to me because I live here. But I think what surprises other people is how there's a deep strain of liberalism and coolness here that you don't find in other places in Mississippi. People talk about Oxford, Mississippi like it's an oasis because a lot of writers live there. And it is a little bit of one, but, you know, I went to school there when it was Reagan Republican conformist. Oxford is a town with a town square and a Confederate soldier in the middle. You look at Natchez. We're not like that. We are the river, baby. The bars never close, and it's a chilled-out place, and that's what people are surprised about.
0: Right, so basically this is a a blue dot yes. in a red
5: state. Well, although post-war, that's that's the bad thing, and I'll just say that. Post-war, Natchez got a massive influx of blue-collar workers, white workers, to work in the factories that came because of cheap labor, and that changed the character of the town. That's when you got a lot of the stuff I write about, a lot of the KKK and all that, and regrettably we're still dealing with that to a degree, but, but the old original strain of Natchez is here, you know.
0: Without getting too political, I'd have to say that my takeaway from the most recent pres- presidential election is we, we really still are dealing with that.
5: Well, last night I saw Rob Reiner say that we're about to fight the last battle of the Civil War, and I think there's a lot to be said for that, that the, the racism that has simmered beneath the surface since 65 finally broke through in the wake of cultural change in a black president.
0: Yes, and there were a lot of people waking up every morning for the last eight years, couldn't still believe we had a black man president. That's I, right. I, I actually believe
5: that. Absolutely. You agree, too. They still think he's a Muslim. Still think he wasn't born here. Yeah.
0: It's insane. I know. I know. The whole, the whole birther movement is crazy.
5: But you could go to a lot of places in Mississippi where the mayor would tell you that's not insane.
1: Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go
0: My next guest knows a lot about Natchez. He's the news editor of the Natchez Democrat. His name is Ben Hillier. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you? How long have you been here?
6: Uh, I have been in Natchez since 2000.
0: And uh, so they haven't found out yet?
6: (laughs) Maybe they have.
0: Maybe they have. And where were you before here?
6: Um, I I was in Jackson, Mississippi. So you're a Mississippi boy. No, I'm not. I'm an Alabama boy.
0: Okay. Well, I can't tell the difference in the accent, so I'm going to have to go with Mississippi. Okay. You'll you'll let me do that?
6: Well, sure. Okay. I grew up 35 miles from the Mississippi border, so I'll say I'm a Mississippi boy for you. How about you're, that? You're an
0: Alabama with Mississippi influence. That's right. Okay. For people who've never been to Natchez, and that's a lot of people who've not been to Natchez, mm-hmm. right? They Maybe you've read about it. There's the, there's the mythical lure of the riverboat scene, and the, right? There are riverboats named Natchez, so many of them. Sure. Uh, what was it that surprised you and then basically that you embraced about Natchez?
6: You know, the thing that surprises me most about Natchez is is how um, how much it is like. It's just an unreal place in the fact that it is very much like New Orleans, but much smaller, a little bit um, more more manageable. Yeah, more manageable. Um, beautiful place to live, walkable, um, and I mean hikeable, hikeable. And you cannot beat the view of the Mississippi River. I mean, I, I live four blocks away and can walk down there pretty much any time that I want to. And when was
0: the last time you jumped in?
6: <laughs> to the Mississippi River? Yeah. Uh, unwillingly or willingly? <laughs> willingly. Um, actually, I've never been to the Mississippi River. I mean, I put my feet in. but uh, Sissy. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I've, I've, I've been on the river. Fl- of course. Flown over the river in a helicopter, uh, been in a boat. I mean, but that's the life of a newspaper guy. Of course. Yeah.
0: But the point is, I'm surprised by how small Natchez is in terms of the number of people.
6: It, it is small, but, you know, it is full of of characters, full of people. I mean, it, you know, you, you might, I think that Natchez has, it may be small in size, but it's just very big in its uh, vision, big in its characters. I mean, it's, it's a great place. I mean, you can't live in a town where, you know, a block away, you live next to a church, you live next to a bar. <laughs> you, 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 uh, I mean, never
0: to be confused.
6: Uh, n- well, I mean, for some people, going to the bar is a religion, but, you know, especially in Natchez.
0: <laughs> but that, it's the architecture, too.
6: Oh, yeah, the architecture is beautiful. I mean, uh, um, you know, uh, before I started working at the newspaper, I, I, my first profession was architecture. So. Um, well, this, this, is,
0: this is Mecca for you
6: um it it is it is especially if you're very much interested in 19th century architecture or or earlier um uh you you just can't beat um the fact that you you have these wonderful beautiful uh antebellum homes i mean largest collection in this part of the of the south uh i'm sure charleston and other places think they have better architecture but you know let them debate that but uh, but you know but we also have other things too i mean we have beautiful churches um and we have just gorgeous um commercial buildings i mean it's like it's like small town america except you have these beautiful mansions surrounding you i mean so this is basically antebellum back to the future pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah
0: mean yeah. it really is you know you have high tech but you don't see it
6: yeah that's true that's true i mean the, the great thing about this town is the fact that um you know, you may live in 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 the 21st century, but, you know, we've done a really good job of preserving our buildings. So when you walk down the street, you may even think that you are no longer in the 21st century. I mean, there are corners of this uh, city that you can walk down and literally they haven't changed um, since the, you know, early 1800s.
0: Now, even though you have not willingly jumped into the Mississippi, you understand its importance to this city.
6: Oh, yeah. I Not just the city, but the whole region. I mean, the Mississippi River is what, you know, brought the people to this town, what built this town. And um, I think many people, uh, many of our community leaders, I mean, as a newspaper guy, I hear this all the time. You know, it's what's going to continue to be the asset for this town. I mean, we didn't, we, we don't have an interstate um we we don't have by the way that's a good thing we don't have an airport i mean yeah it is a good thing it's a great thing what i've always told people who who come to natchez is you have to have a reason to be here it's it you have very few people who just happen to end up in natchez there's a reason that you're here you're either here to tour the place and see the beautiful architecture the beautiful uh meet the people um or you're here to live work and and enjoy the life uh, Seven days a week, 365 days a year.
0: Now, I always like to ask the locals, I think you qualify, for some of their favorite places. And as I drove in here today, Mm -hmm. uh, not on the interstate because it didn't exist, but as I came in on the main highway into town, I passed by a place called Mammy's Cover. (laughs) What the heck is that?
6: Well, I mean, you know, as an architect, I'm the, as an architect, you have to ask that question. Right, well... Come well, on. I mean, Mamie's architecture is classic roadside architecture. I mean, you can't it, get
0: crazier than I that. I mean,
6: you can't get crazier. No. I mean, it's a it's a, a, a forty foot tall woman, is what it is. Um, you know, dressed as a, a, a sort of a, a servant Aunt Jemima character, and inside you get some of the best food that you can get anywhere around here. I mean, it like, is, uh, well. For me, it's the banana caramel pie, but for other people, it, it may be other things. The I mean,
0: banana caramel pie? Yeah,
6: yeah, it's really good. All right, I'm
0: making a, sl- a slight detour on the way out of town. <laughs> I got to check that out. I
6: mean, the desserts are what I go for, um, but other people go f- for, for, for other things. I mean, there's you know homemade soup, homemade sandwiches and stuff like that. Well, maybe, it's all homemade. It, it is all homemade, and the and the pies are just absolutely incredible. Lemon, coconut, chocolate. Now, let's go back great. to
0: the banana caramel. Okay. I, I would like to just focus on that for the rest of this show. Sure.
6: <laughs> I would too. Do you have some?
0: Uh, I'm about to go get some. What are you talking about? Now, and then there's another place that you like, the Magnolia Bar and Grill.
6: Oh, I do love the Magnolia Bar and Grill, but you know, that's because— It's the view. It's the view. I mean, you can't beat the view. I mean, they have great food, be- wonderful, beautiful, delicious redfish, um, steaks, seafood, that sort of thing. Best hamburgers in town. If you if you if you go for a hamburger, but I mean, you, even despite all that, it, you go the, for the view. The view is great. Yeah. Sunsets. Now I,
0: ha- I have to ask the inevitable question. Mm-hmm. Fried chicken.
6: Uh, if you want fried chicken, you and you want the best fried chicken in the world, you need to go to the Carriage House. It's great. And why? I don't know why. It's just like you, you just. <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the best fried chicken in the world. Crispy, hot. It's kind of spicy.
0: So you have to like spicy fried no, chicken?
6: No, I mean it's not. It's not. It's not like spicy fried chicken, but it has a little hint of of heat to it. I mean, as a newspaper, everything
0: in Mississippi has a little hint of heat to
6: it. Well, you know, as a newspaper guy, you learn some of the secrets of this town. Yeah, and and we've done stories on the fried chicken at the carriage house because we know it's the best fried chicken around. The lady who makes the fried chicken, you know, there's a little bit of hot sauce in there.
0: That's the secret.
6: That's what she says the secret is. <laughs>
0: So if you want to go in there and say, can I have it not spicy? She'll laugh at me.
6: Well, yeah, she'll laugh at you. It's, you, only, not, you only get it one way, her way.
0: <laughs> All right, I, I'm duly warned. When your friends come to visit you here in Natchez, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that they're surprised that they're not expecting to see?
6: Hmm. You know, I think people are just genuinely surprised about how beautiful the place is. I think when you think small-town Mississippi... You don't think Natchez, Mississippi. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. in.
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. Buoys was built in 1840. It was originally a cotton warehouse, but uh, that just goes back a little further than that. In fact, those people would tell you it goes back to 1716 when the French hung out here which may explain why they're celebrating their tricentennial this year. I even, I can do the math. And joining me now, the person who runs that tricentennial commission, Jennifer Ogden. How are you, Jennifer?
4: I could not be better, Peter, happy to be here. 300 years. Yes, sir, 300 years and counting. Probably a little bit before that because of the Natchez tribe, so the Natchez Indians, but yeah, 300 officially.
0: But I mean, there's one thing to say, okay, we're celebrating a tricentennial. What does that actually
5: mean?
4: Well, um, let's put it. Well, let me start with the fact that we are the oldest continuous European settlement on the Mississippi River. Older two years by, we beat New Orleans by two years. So,
0: would you remind them every chance you get? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, You're kidding? Okay, you yeah. know,
4: we're kind of the little easy. They're the big easy. <laughs> um, so, we really looked at this as an opportunity to bring our community together, and in fact, created a mission statement that that it includes all of that bringing the community get together, and of course increasing economic opportunities by inviting more visitors to come. But we had three distinct things that we wanted to do and achieve in this celebration. It includes commemorations, commemorating our past, because some of our history, like many places in, most places in the world, isn't to be celebrated, but it is to be commemorated, acknowledged and commemorated. And then of course we're gonna celebrate. Natchez is very good at celebrating and we are doing a bang up job this year. And then we're creating the future.
0: See, what was, one, one thing that was surprising to me, and I mentioned it earlier in, in introducing the mayor on the show, is that you're not a big city.
4: Nope. It's an interesting place. We're not a big city. We I don't think have ever been a, a much bigger city than this. I mean, we may be down a little bit in population over the, the last however many years. But, but you're about 16,000. We're about 16,000 people. And it's surprisingly sophisticated for such a small city. I mean, not just in the look and the feel, but in the food, in the culture, in the people, in the art, in the music.
0: Is there a Natchez Symphony?
4: Actually, there are people who there, play, there are people who know musicians, know people. there are guys no. who know guys. <laughs> guys who know guys. There are musicians here who participate in a Natchez Symphony. There is a Natchez Festival of Music, a month-long celebration of every kind of music you could want from blues to classical to opera to, to Broadway to all of that. So there's a music festival and there are music events all throughout the year for sure.
0: What else about the culture here that is, that is truly distinct?
4: Well, I'd say for one thing, um, there's several things, actually. The the food certainly is a tremendously important part of our, our history, our heritage, and our culture. And because we are such a melting pot, you know, that word is used so much. But Natchez really is the result of many, many ethnic groups and cultures over the years, starting with the French, the Spanish, the British. And then we had a strong influence of the Jewish community. That's the reason that Natchez is not all under the hill and we're actually the merchant the merchant class started at the above the hill so you've got Native and American. Is, and is that
0: influence still happening today? Yes
4: absolutely we have one of the most beautiful temples you're gonna see we've recently had a celebration that invited um, members of the Southern Southern Institute for Jewish the Jewish experience and came from all over the country and had a, had a Shabbat service that invited it definitely invited the entire public to come and attend not just just our jewish friends so
0: now we know about barbecue but is, yeah. is, is there is there a good deli here
4: um uh, uh, uh. listen you know you're uh, a hello? new yorker hello? yeah yeah you're a new yorker i'm a new sort of new yorker and no we don't have a good deli here i actually did have a bagel and locks and bagels just now for lunch so well, you can get that. You can, well, yeah, but
0: yeah. You, you can get that anywhere.
4: Yeah, that's true. All
0: right. But, th- okay, you're not coming to Natchez for that. You're coming for barbecue.
4: You're coming for barbecue. You're what, coming... What, what,
0: uh, Chinese?
4: Yes, we do have good Chinese. Thai? We've, got ta- Thai? We've got a fabulous Thai restaurant. Okay. Mexican, really good Mexican. Catfish, of course, yeah. you know, okay. fried duh. catfish. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Tamales. We are part of the Tamale Trail in Mississippi. We have some fabulous... Stop right there. There's a Tamale Trail? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, and we are on the Tamale Trail. We're on a lot of trails in Natchez, actually. <laughs> well, at least are not on the Montezuma Trail. Yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Just the Tamale Trail. Just the Tamale Trail.
5: We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? our Radio, clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over, Roger, huh?
0: You know, when you think of Mississippi, yes, you think of pork belly and you think of barbecue. I do. But then you also think of moonshine and you think of uh, illegal stills. Well, joining me now, no, he's not illegal. He's actually the first (laughs) legally distilled uh, rum producer in the state of Mississippi, Jean Luc Charbonneau. How are you?
1: Doing good, doing good. How are you doing?
0: Good. And of course, it's named for you, Charbonneau. Charbonneau. Yeah. Now, it says Charbonneau Distillery, so you got legal.
1: Yeah, we, we never were illegal. We decided that we <laughs> but were But there's gonna, still guys out there. Oh, there's still guys out there. But uh, we decided we're going to do this. We're going to do it legal, straight off. Because uh, if you get caught with an illegal steal, you'll never get a federal license.
0: Right. So you have a federal license? We do have a federal okay. DSP. Now, where are you getting your materials from? Because it's, it's, uh, with rum, you got sugar.
1: Rum is anything made with sugar cane, and solely sugarcane. So we actually go down to a mill in South Louisiana— and pick up
0: two. You cross state lines.
1: We do cross state lines just for our raw materials. Okay. We go down and pick up two 2,300-pound bags of sugar and a 4,000-pound tote of molasses at a time.
0: <laughs> and then?
1: Then we truck it back here with a F-250 and 14-foot-long trailer, uh, load it into the distillery, and that's when all the fun really starts.
0: And how long does it actually take you to produce a bottle?
1: From start to finish, uh, from the time we load the fermentation tank to the time it's in a bottle, it's about five days. That's it? For the white rum. Our uh, aging program, uh, gold, is anywhere from five months to 11 months, and then aged is obviously uh, one year till 10 years, 15 years. So you
0: want the aged stuff. But you haven't been around long enough to do the aged stuff.
1: No, we've been around for uh, two years now, so we're thinking about releasing an aged product maybe uh, next February, April, somewhere in there. Sort
0: of a young aged
1: product. Yes, at a two year.
0: Does it have a kick to it?
1: It does have a little bit of a kick to it. Our gold is actually really smooth. It picks up some vanilla and caramels from the uh, used bourbon barrels we use in our aging process.
0: And I use a copper pot?
1: Yes, we use a uh, copper pot hybrid still with a four-plate column. Now, what does that mean? So you have your normal pot still, and then a column is, uh, especially in vodka use, it's, it's different level of plates of copper where that alcohol vapor can basically sit and then reboil up.
0: You know, it's interesting. Everywhere I go now, there's been a boom in distilleries in the United States. Uh, not just for rum, but I mean, they're doing vodka, they're doing a lot of gin, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody's got a distillery going.
1: Yes, the the new trend is uh, micro distilleries. They are to the 2010s what uh, micro breweries were to the early 2000s.
0: And why did you pick rum?
1: Sugarcane grows here, uh, theoretically. Uh, Realistically, it grows south of I-10, so down in Lafayette, uh, not Alouz's. Wait a minute, wait a
0: minute, you're not using that sugarcane south of I-10?
1: Yes, we are. Okay, I'm just kidding.
0: Hey, what did you know about rum?
1: Uh, I knew I liked good Caribbean aged <laughs> drum and that was about it. That was it. That was about it.
0: Have you ever had Havana club?
1: I have had Havana the club. The dark. Haven't had the dark. I had the white, uh, when yeah. we were in uh, Martinique, uh, two years ago. Yeah.
0: Cause that's where you could buy it and nobody would get slappy for yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Now you can, now you can actually, it's starting to come in.
1: Which is actually funny about Havana club. If you notice uh, on a, the bottle of Havana club white, they have a three on there and they actually age it for three years and then filter out the color, which is something we'll never do
0: once it's colored, you're, you're going to keep the color. Exactly. Exactly. And what about the water?
1: Uh, for our water system, for uh, fermentation, we use Natchez City Water. Natchez actually has the best drinking water in the state. It comes from a big 1,800-square-foot uh, aquifer north of town. And then for our uh, proofing water, when we cut it from 180 proof down to 80 proof, our bottling proof. We use reverse osmosis.
0: Now, of course, if we were going to talk wine today, you'd be talking about food pairing. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're going to pair the white rum to, or the or the, the white wine to, or the red wine to. Do you do food pairing with rum?
1: You can do food pairing with rum. Uh, it's more of a uh, cocktail base. So, if you're doing uh, a dessert, you want a sweeter cocktail, or maybe a savory cocktail. Whereas uh, different uh, foods, fish. Chicken, you may want uh, different citrus notes to pair with that.
0: Have you worked with any of the bakeries here or the dairies to come up with some rum infusions?
1: Not yet, not yet. Uh, We are thinking about doing a uh, rum cream liqueur, similar to like rum chata.
0: How about a rum milkshake?
1: I do actually have a nice rum milk punch Ah, recipe. Ah,
0: see? Okay, what's in that
1: recipe? So it's uh, two ounces of milk, uh, an ounce and a half of rum. Yeah, the milk is just for coloring. (laughs) Yeah, just for coloring. Uh, An eighth of an ounce of vanilla extract. Uh, and half an ounce of simple syrup. Give it a good shake and top it with a light dusting of nutmeg and bittersweet baker's chocolate.
0: And then call a cab. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure we got the, the actual sequence of events here we have to follow. Yeah. Are there other distilleries coming up in, Nash- in Natchez now?
1: Uh, not in Natchez. Uh, we're, we're the second distillery here in the state of Mississippi. Uh, the third is up in Canton. That's a Rich Grain Distilling Company.
0: Well, what, what are they making?
1: Uh, they're making moonshine, waiting on... Uh, <laughs> Waiting on bourbon.
0: I had, to, I had to wait for the moonshine. There yeah. it
1: is. They're doing moonshine. They're oh, well, and
0: it's called moonshine?
1: Yeah. Well, moonshine is basically an advertising term now. It basically refers... What is to, it? Uh, it's unaged whiskey. With a real kick to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you light fires on that and... Yeah. Sometimes. Most, most people are doing moonshines at about 90 proof, similar to vodka. Uh, people are doing moonshine liqueurs. You've been listening
4: to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.